Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision newbie from Canada. Today we're going to be taking a look at the 2006 Eurovision Song Contest from Athens in Greece. So, what were your first thoughts? Okay, I both absolutely loved this for the sheer, like, bonkersness of the performances. It gave me such, like, nostalgia in a hilarious way for the aughts. I mean, I was in my heyday in 2006, (laughs) let me tell you. Um, And also, I was, like, cringy by the awkwardness of the hosting and the sheer sort of chaos and disorganization that it seemed to have. But overall, I mean, like, I enjoyed this viewing experience. What did you think? Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that only eight years on from the uh, 19... Yeah, I'm just doubting my maths there. So, yeah, only eight years on from the 1998 contest. How much... How different it felt... It felt like a much more modern contest. Yes. It it was very, like, very much I felt the same. Um, So there was, I mean, maybe a little bit less in the way of special effects than there are now, but they made up for it by use of, like, you know, stage props. Like, that opening uh, number had so much happening. It felt like a huge production. It was like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, totally. It really felt... Yes, like I was getting all the things. I was in- enjoying it so much, and I really felt like the production level was enormously elevated from the one that we saw in 98. Um, and it felt, I don't know, it felt more of the spectacle that I expect Eurovision to be, which I was a little bit let down by the lack of, of spectacle in 98. Yeah. And um, a w- one thing that I noticed and enjoyed as well is like what they... What they lacked in hamster wheels, they made up for in backup dancers. So t- 2006 had no lack of like backup dancers in the audiest of Audi outfits of all time. Yeah, I mean, talking about the outfits, I mean, there was a rush on all the white clothes. Oh, yeah, totally. And also the like, <laughs> I don't know, like the little vests. And um, there was like one outfit in, partic- in particular that I think was Moldova. Anyway, one of the backup dancers, I was like, I had that outfit. I 100% <laughs> wore that. Like, <laughs> I mean, back then I would have been, I mean, like, I was, I was early 20s. So... I mean, I I was definitely like wearing my outfits out and I, I was working, I worked in retail at the time. Like I was, a, uh, you know, like I would like show up in sweatpants to my job and buy a whole new outfit every time I worked a shift. So like, <laughs> that's definitely what I was, what I was rocking in those days. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually tallied it up. Six of the acts were entirely all in white. All white? Yeah. Let's, uh, Israel, Norway. La- uh, Latvia, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Sweden, Israel, Denmark, Denmark, and Norway. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Well, I mean, white, a classic color. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're in Greece. I mean, it's a hot place. You want to wear something cool in colors? That's right. And an all white, like, performance all white clothing performance that is uh you know that's a vibe that gives off like a you know i don't know like a chic vibe yeah chic i mean you're not gonna eat anything in whilst you're wearing that anyway no don't eat a hot dog <laughs> <laughs> you can catch up on that okay well should we uh should we get into our our loves and not so loves oh i wanted to mention too did you reckon, um, so Maria Menounos was one of the hosts. I don't know if you know who that is, but she's no, a well-known. Not not, no, no clue whatsoever. Okay. So she is um, a, like a pretty well-known uh, TV host and presenter, occasional actor, but she does like entertainment TV in the States, like um, Entertainment Tonight type stuff. I don't know, you know. Um, so I was expecting her to be a, a great host. She's a very seasoned television presenter and she was not. I actually like Googled Maria Menounos reviews 
of hosting. <laughs> I didn't see anything. Nobody else was like, nobody else was, you know, being snarky like me <laughs> looking to see looking to see if anyone said anything about her hosting of this show but I, it wasn't great but anyway uh maria menounos she usually does better that's her tagline <laughs> not her best showing <laughs> no <laughs> um okay yes uh let me pull up my rankings for this show yeah so whilst you're doing that what i liked is that when they brought in the host for some reason they were flowing in on wires. I know it was bonkers. <laughs> I I enjoyed it so much. It was like the camp, the camp value yeah. was off the charts in 2006. It it was really entertaining in a way that was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least they didn't fall to the floor like Lars in the Eurovision film. I actually did like think there was a real, I was like, they're taking a risk here because this, <laughs> This wire act could go wrong. But alas, they they landed perfectly. Uh, that was the smoothest their hosting duties went that night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So what was your favorite of those songs that we that we watched? Can you guess? Well, I f- once upon a time, I thought I'd got you figured. I thought you liked the couples sickeningly looking at each other. But now I'm realizing you're more towards ballads, maybe. This one's going to throw you for another loop, then. Oh, go my, on, My My favorite was Germany. Do you know what? Not my favorite, but I actually quite enjoyed it. They made my list of, like... I loved it so much. Because usually, for when it comes to, like, a country doing... A non-American country doing country and Western music, I'm like, nope. Want nothing to do with that. But I can't deny it. It was a bit of a bop. I loved it so much. I, you know, I am definitely a sucker for a stand-up bass. Like, I love, um, I love more sort of, like, uh, Americana country. I don't listen to modern country, like, um, Garth Brooks and stuff like that. What but about I like, Trixie? I like, um, um, I mean, like, I heart Trixie, but not for the country music. I love the music. <laughs> I really Do love you? the music, yeah. It's what's got me into country music a bit. Really? Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not generally a country music fan, but I love sort of like maybe, I don't know what you would call it, alt-country Americana with um, a stand-up bass. And like, I thought just like putting it over the top was the like neon cactuses. I thought that was just like, they they put on a great show and I just really loved the song. So uh, it did not score super well. It came in 15th, so middle of the pack, but it was my absolute favorite. How about you, Chris? Yeah. Um, you know, I like that song. Um, what I did like as well, uh, the fat band uh, called Texas Lightning, their song No, No, Never. Texas Lightning, it makes it, they sound like a roller coaster at Six Flags Over Texas. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll sh- I need to check that out. <laughs> um, but my favorite song, go on, it's your turn to guess. Okay. Um, I also, like, I'm never good at this game, but I feel like... I feel like you would be straight up Finland. Yeah. You would agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with the public there. They made the right call on that. I mean. I thought I thought Finland was, was great. <clears throat> I scored it very high as well. I am going to say that I did have an inkling that they might have been the winner uh, based purely on your spooky theme of uh, Halloween style acts. So. <laughs> I to, yeah. I had to uh, plan them for this week because, you know, Superman stars. Yes, they were great. And then I loved it. I thought it was hilarious at the end when they won. <laughs> they were like these like, um, you know, giant monsters, like looking <laughs> terrifying. And then like, holding a Getting given flowers. A giant bouquet of flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not I'm not terribly surprised. This one, although I do find it hard most weeks, this one was an easy one for me to to pick out your favorite, I thought. I think so, I thought it yeah. would be Finland, and I was right. I've had them fifth. That's not bad. So, so still pretty high, but not my not my top top. Yeah, so a um, few things about uh, Mr. Lordy. So we've seen him before, remember? He um, did the points he, for Finland previously. Oh, in a, I do remember. Following their win, but in a, in a year we've done previously, he did the points. 
Yes, um, I actually saw a couple of familiar faces in this one. So I be, I feel like I'm beginning to kind of like have watched enough Eurovision to be able to point out some of the, you know, repeat performers slash, you know, uh, presenters, because there was another familiar face in this one from a DNQ f- uh, file, I believe. Oh, was there? I probably wasn't paying that much attention. Really? Wasn't it? Wasn't the guy from the UK, the rapper? Wasn't he one of the DNQ files, but he was representing a different country? Yep. Sorry, my mind went completely blank there. But yeah, I mean, like, he definitely held true to his <laughs> his aesthetic. He, uh, you know, that one felt a little familiar, but... Yeah. We shall come to him later. There is going in a very near future, Chris, I am no longer going to have to uh call myself a Eurovision newbie. I don't think you are. No. <laughs> um yes, but yeah, I do remember I do remember that um yeah, presentation from the points. Yeah. Uh from a previous Eurovision. So Mr. Lordy, um uh, it says here in a book I've got about Eurovision, um in his autobiography, he claims that he is a son of a troll and a demon. And rides a sleigh pulled by vampire reindeer, which none of that surprises me. That checks out. No, no, that feels right. That feels good to me. I like it. But like, in addition to it being like a really fun gimmick of them all being monsters, it was also just a really good song. Legitimate good rock song. Agree. And a week after they won the contest, uh, they broke, because we spoke about karaoke previously. Yes. Um, they broke the world record for the world's largest mass uh, participation of karaoke uh, the following week after their win in uh, Helsinki's Market Square with 80,000 people singing Hard but Rock I Hallelujah. I love these guys. I would have killed to have been there. Oh, pre-COVID days. <laughs> uh, they were the days. About 80,000 people <laughs> gathering in a market yeah. square. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that sounds amazing. Do it today. Eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Socially distanced. Um, yeah, so so what were some of your other tops, Chris? I'm a big fan of the Pitch Perfect movies. Love them. Yes. Yes. So uh, my second place went to Latvia, Vocal Group Cosmos with I Hear Your Heart. That was my very bottom. What? Song. <laughs> Get out of the podcast. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I get an acapella vibe, but like, man, this was like, I didn't know where this was going. And it was so nerdy and uncool. I loved it. It it was like, I didn't know whether or not this was a deliberate choice or they were just doing a bad job, uh, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. I do think that the song got better. What really did it for me was the awkwardness at the very beginning when it was just the one guy and then the second guy came up and joined him that I was like what is happening right now what I quite enjoyed is um he was holding that document box right and holding it like he was he was like looking at music but then that became part of a body for the robot they built right I did which was weird it was so weird it reminded me of uh there was this uh thing that went viral um BBC News um the uh newsreader was rushing to get to his spot to get on for the live news and usually he would have held an ipad um you know so he you know he's pretending to look at his ipad say i'm looking at the breaking news right in his rush he picked up a ream of paper a ream of paper printer paper in the, the paper covering and he just held that for the entire news segment and it made me think <laughs> of that <laughs> so weird it's like it's like uh Donald Trump's pictures from the hospital where he's just signing a blank <laughs> piece of paper in the middle of a, like just a marker on a blank piece of paper. Yeah, I um, can draw my own name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the president. <laughs> yep, just all props. All props. Um but yeah, so this it turned into some kind of like robot puppet. Uh honestly, the whole performance made me awkward. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that secondhand embarrassment happening for you? It was a little bit. Now, I did struggle about whether this was actually my bottom. It ended up there kind of like amongst a pile of, you know, a few that really could have made that spot. So and I will caveat by saying that there were no songs that I really strongly disliked. There was so, one for me. There was there. OK, tell me what that one is. I know where I'm jumping ahead, but I can't wait. I'm too, I'm too excited. I apologize on behalf of the people of the UK that oh. we sent that song. <laughs> I put that in middle of the pack. I gave it a zero. I refused to give it a single point. 
I mean, I get that it's like not for everyone. And um, my boyfriend came up while I was watching that particular song and he was like why is that he just walk out no but he did say he was like why is that old man dancing with like young schoolgirls?" i was like fair <laughs> not even young school girls they were adults dressed as like centrinian schoolgirls. i know you had a middle-aged man, man going ah, 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 over the music there was a constant siren in the music no, I didn't mind it that much. We actually have like a local rapper in Nova Scotia named Classified. And he is kind of like, he's like um, Halifax famous is what, like Hallie famous is what we, we call it. Nobody outside of Atlantic Canada would know who he is, but he's very popular in this area. And he reminded me of him a little bit. So maybe I just have like a bit of a soft spot for <laughs> for this type of rap. But I mean... I I thought it was fine. I didn't strongly dislike it. I put it middle of the pack. No. The other thing I didn't like was the uh, women vocalists. Nope. They were doing this really affected sort of, what did we learn at school today? Voice didn't like it at all. <laughs> no. Nope. Okay. So um, we know our bottoms and they do not agree at all. Nope. <laughs> at all. Um, okay. So then let's talk a little bit more about what you all, what else you had up near the top. We are the winners of Eurovision. <laughs> of Eurovision. I had them number four. I really liked that. I mean, they didn't quite convince Europe that they were the winners, but they didn't do a bad job. No, that what they came in sixth. Yeah, so pretty good. Not a they bad had showing. a real like um, they had this sort of like beat in the background that had a bit of a like Van Halen vibe, like jump. Do you know what I'm talking about? It had like a bit of a throwback '80s vibe um, in the in the music. I just like I liked it. It brought me joy. I thought yeah. it was fun. It was like watching a bunch of bank managers, right? Like sing to Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> And then the bald guy has a fight with an invisible bear for some reason. I mean, I'm not mad at that. Like, go for it. Fight that bear. <laughs> I mean, what I did notice is that um, they seem to get booed at the end of their performance. And I think it was because they weren't taking it very seriously. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I did not actually Google it, but I was like, is there some kind of political thing that was going on at the time? Like, why did people hate on it so much? Because I thought it was really fun and it scored well. Yeah, I think it is literally just because... Uh, the people in the audience, the people who tend to go to Eurovision tend to be the bigger fans. Mm. And I think maybe they were just like, you're not taking this seriously enough. But sometimes life's too short to take everything seriously. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a fun song at Eurovision. We've seen lots of others that didn't necessarily speak to, it wasn't quite as like meta. It didn't like speak to Eurovision quite as like specifically. <laughs> but I mean, we had fun songs all the time and uh you know, people don't seem to hate on them enough to boo. So yeah. this was weird. No, and and then Mr. Lordy at the Winners Press Conference, he even uh, sung it to the audience in the press conference because they were the oh, winners. Nice. Obviously in his, yes. in his, we are the winners kind of voice. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, those guys are just awesome. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, that was that also um, made up um, my top five. So, so far, of those that we've discussed, uh, I think that two of your three of top ones are also my top ones. So, yeah. not too bad. Yeah, like, we're uh, more aligned than I thought we would be from our, <laughs> from our, you know, likes and dislikes. Yeah. Um, also up there for me was Romania. I agreed with the public again on that one, number four. Um, that was a uh, uh, Tornero. It just had a, it just slapped. It slapped. I spoke too soon because I scored that low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one was fine for me. I scored it middle of the pack. Fair enough. I, I just thought the, the chorus absolutely slapped. And yeah. then in my fifth place was the Croatian entry uh, Severina with uh, Moha Stikla. Uh, I quite liked the use of what seemed to be traditional sort of musical influences and dance. Yes. And I'm always a sucker of someone that goes a bit more traditional, but with a twist. 
I agree. I really liked that as well. I scored it really high. Um, I do like little notes um, to sort of remind me which performance is which when we're talking. So um, for that one, I have like cultural line dancing uh, <laughs> because it, de- it definitely had um, some cultural influences that I really liked. And I also felt that about um, Ukraine. I wrote on that one, uh, Ukrainian Shakira. <laughs> it was like Shakira with Ukrainian cultural twists. So I thought those were both fun. I'm just going to get my other notes because I'm pretty sure I wrote the same thing. Really? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I love it. Um, yep, I popped uh, in my notes, Shakira-style Latin pop from a non-Latin country. Yeah. <laughs> so true. I mean, like, the Shakira vibes were undeniable. Um, but I thought it was really fun. So I had both of those in my top 10, though neither made my top five. So what else do you have in your top five? So Germany was my number one, as I said. Number two was Denmark, which uh, did not score very highly and you did not mention, but I thought was really fun. I, I was close on the uh, public there. Public gave it 18th. I put it 19th in my list. Not a really? I just really liked that one. Um, number three, I have uh, Lithuania. I think I said number four previously, but they were my number three. Uh, so we definitely, we actually agreed on Lithuania then. Did we? Yeah. Um, number four, I put Sweden. I thought it was like a really fun, like epic ballad. But from the look on your face right now, Chris, I I assume you did not. Middle of a pack. Enjoy it. Uh, middle of yeah. a pack. And that's me probably being generous because there were a few songs I really didn't like. Um, yeah. And where did they score? They scored number five. So um, I had them at four. Public had them at five. So I was closer in line than uh, than you were on that one. And then number five was Finland, which we have already discussed. Yeah. The Monsters. Um, yeah. So of like a few others. Um, so out of the, the top 10 actual results, uh, I have six in common, which is usually that's pretty par for the course for me. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, the other ones, which is also the way it goes, uh, that I liked best, uh, scored very low. So I'm either pretty in line or like completely the opposite. But um, yeah, so I also really enjoyed um, uh, Croatia and Ukraine, as I mentioned. Um, Yeah, I liked Norway's performance. It was just sort of like a, you know, ballad. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, I think it translated into elf, the elf dance, which figures for norway you know sure about elves dancing i i'll take that and um ireland i had in my top 10 and armenia rounded it out rounded out my top 10 so once again we found another song in your top 10 that's in my bottom <laughs> i thought it was fun but i mean i did as i said i didn't really like hate any of them uh so they were all kind of middle of the pack for me except for the ones that i really liked which were in my top five hey there i just want to say thanks again for listening to the podcast if you enjoy it please do uh leave us a review on apple Podcasts if you use that Make sure you subscribe to the feed and also give us a follow on Twitter at Think About Euro. We're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Think About Eurovision, and also our website, thinkabouteuro.vision. Anyway, back to the podcast. Um, okay, so you know my bottom, Daz Sampson, Teenage Life. I know your bottom, uh, Latvia vocal group Cosmos, I hear your heart. So what else have you got at the bottom of the pack? So at the bottom of the pack, I have um, Moldova, which was this pretty kind of generic, <sighs> oddy pop song. It's so sad because Moldova, as I've said before, one of my favorite countries to have never won. Yes. But no, they let me down here. No, didn't love this one either. No. Uh, that was one where, 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 for some reason, she kind of stripped down to a swimsuit, isn't it? Is that the one? I don't remember if that is the one. I mean, she was wearing very little clothes, it is true. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> she did like three costume changes. One of them was like down to uh, swimwear. It's like, who thought that was a good idea? 
There was a lot of sort of like sexiness happening in this Eurovision that I hadn't seen before, like this one for sure. And then um, former Yugoslavian Republic of uh, Macedonia, there was like she was like wearing shorty shorts and was doing like full like bar bar star moves um, like Eurovision as scandalous. There was something in the water. <laughs> yeah um okay so moldova i didn't like uh very much israel i didn't like much um which uh i scored at 22 the actual result was 23 so pretty in line there um i didn't like switzerland the very first one. Oh my god oh i hate switzerland that. Yeah. Okay. So Switzerland had this one guy in it. They were like a, you know, a group band, but like the no one. Cohesiveness. No, but the like the one boy band member who was like the AJ from Backstreet Boys. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Um, Sort of. Yeah. So he was the, he was the guy, I think he was wearing like a bucket hat or something. And he was wearing like the baggy pants. Oh my God. That guy was like the quintessential 2006 boy band member and it was hilarious he was so weird and creepy but i like kind of lived for it but overall i i didn't love the song no i mean for me like like i said there was no cohesiveness they didn't feel like a, a pop group a pop band they felt like one of those sort of tv pop shows like pop stars where they group them off to see how they get on with each other and then do right, a performance yeah because they didn't seem like, they, they felt like they'd been put together at an audition two weeks ago, maybe. Right, exactly. And then they did not make a One Direction level band. They did not. <laughs> they did not. They were just all over the place. But um, yeah, and then rounding out. The they didn't even make a hearsay level band. I don't know who that is, but so that's saying something. They were, they, oh yeah, they won Pop Stars for Rivals. And the band who actually came second on Popstar's Arrivals, I think, did better than them. Liberty X, they did better off afterwards. Huh. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's, I guess, it's always a bit of a crapshoot in a singing com contest, right? And so, uh, speaking of which, my um, rounding out my bottom five is Romania, which was one of your very tops. Yeah. So, all a matter of taste. It really is. Um <laughs> So for me, at the bottom, uh, after the UK, you know, I mean, if I could have given minus points, which, you know, it's my own objective score. I mean, I really could have, but there's no reason to. Right. <laughs> um, after that, I had France because, oh, once again, yeah. France sent something boring. <laughs> <sighs> Not even Wikipedia. I went on Wikipedia to see if there was anything interesting I could say about that song. And even Wikipedia shrugged its shoulders at me and went, no. <laughs> yeah i had that middle the song translates into it was time and it's about even if her chance came to nothing at least she'd have something to tell the kids like what was a bedtime story to get them to go to sleep oh what a weird <laughs> what a weird premise it always like it's always interesting to hear you tell me what the songs are actually about because i Never know. <laughs> Even when it's in English, I don't know, because I don't pay any attention to the lyrics. So uh, it's de it's never the vibe that I think it is. It's never what I think it's going to be. So talking about lyrics, um, another one in my bottom four, and it's in your top ten, Ireland. Every song is a cry for love. This one's a cry for help for me. <laughs> um, and here we go to um, Bad Lyric Corner with... Being strong, and it was a pronunciation of these lyrics I have really hated as well. So I, I think you've probably learned from me. I don't like particularly strong rhymes in lyrics, right? And if you're gonna do it, it should be alternate lyrics lines in the lyrics which rhyme. So one rhyming, one one lyric, then another line, and then pop your rhyme in the third line of the lyrics. But here we had being strong, being tough. With a, and I, I, it's spelled like T-U-F-F, -F, that kind of pronunciation of tough. So being yeah. strong, being tough, never tender, always rough. It was never enough for me. No, thank you. N no time for that. <laughs> Chris. 
Oh my God. You're like, it's so funny to me because you yourself are a musician. And so you have very particular, <laughs> I think, thoughts on the way that a song should be crafted and stuff. And for me, I was like, yep, that sounds good. Keep going, Chris. Those rhymes are on point. <laughs> I mean, it probably doesn't help. But I really hate poetry as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think that it's a that is a fair criticism about Ireland, though, that they tend to send similar songs. And I think that that happens to be sort of a style of song that I kind of like. And so they always score, you know, to the middle high end of my of my scoring. But it's it is not untrue on what we've seen so far that the vibe uh, coming from Ireland is kind of the same year after year. So I I take that criticism you yeah. know, for sure. I think for, for Ireland it's as well because there was a time in the uh, early mid 90s when they did really well. Like they won twice in a row, remember? And then they came oh, wow. at the top for like, you know, in one of those times as well. Like either side of it, they were at the top, so they were really doing well, and it was all kind of ballady kind of songs, um, right? Very samey, and I think Ireland found a thing that worked for them, and never changed it until very lately, right? And then that gets that gets pretty old. So I assume they didn't continue to score at the same level. They have not hosted since. Uh... 1997 when the uk won oh wow yeah yeah time to shake it up ireland yep i mean oh there are some songs where they have sent uh that did not qualify that which we will be coming to at some point right but just bear in mind these three words dustin the turkey <laughs> okay dustin the turkey got it yes so note that in your brain and pop it aside and just look out for it when it comes because it is coming okay will do um you know what? I thought that's going to be a Christmas special. Ooh, I love a Christmas special. Yes, there's an idea. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, all my bottoms. Um, so this was before Italy rejoined the competition. So you know, previously mm-hmm. we've discussed the big five. Here we had the yes. big four. So we've discussed the UK. We've discussed Germany. We discussed uh, France. Uh, we also have Spain in the big four at the time. Uh, so they sent Last Ketchup with their song Unbloody Mary. Now, I liked that. I mean, they, they went down to Staples. There was a good deal on office chairs and they bought them all. The, I know. I was like, I have in my notes, the identifier for this song was office chairs, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that it was fun. I didn't score it particularly high. I scored it 17th, but I mean, I didn't hate it. I thought it was fun and silly. Yeah, I'm very close. Yeah, they were middle of the pack for me, fifteenth. Did um, yeah. Did Last Ketchup ever make it over to Canada with the Ketchup song? Oh, and now that you have said it, it sounds familiar. Right, but I can't think of how it goes. I'm going to try I... singing like the the a bit of the chorus. Now, bear in mind, I don't speak Spanish, so it's okay. going to start singing and then it's going to dive nose dive into me. It's going laring the song, so it goes. I say a hey, aha. Ring any bells? I think so. Yeah, I think it. It is ringing bells, but like, you know, not enough. I don't think it made enough of an impact that I. I even still really hear the song, but lost ketchup, like as, as a band. I think that sounds familiar. Yeah. So that song over here. um a year or two before they were in Eurovision, it was spreading around the UK like crabs. It was really? every, you, you, in that summer where it came out. It was a big summer hit. It was played everywhere. I never liked it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so it was really weird watching this back and being like, "Last ketchup was this?" And I was like, "Was this before or after the ketchup song?" And it was after it. So. Obviously trying to cash in on oh, the... Oh, uh, Yeah. So obviously you were like, we've had a hit with these girls. Let's send them to Eurovision. Didn't work. Right. No, they didn't do particularly well, but I liked it. Nope. Uh, also uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Russia, Dima Bilan. Uh, we've never going to let you go. It did really well. It came second. Yeah, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I Nope. It was a very slap bang in the middle of a pack for me at 12 out of 24. Yeah, he was. Uh, his voice was a bit warbly and kind of sounded unsure about himself and looked lost on that massive stage. 
Yeah, I I put in my notes mullet piano, um, <laughs> and that was all I could look at. He had an epic mullet, and and that was my takeaway from that song. <laughs> yep. I, mean, I I mean it it didn't do it for me. He did come back to represent Russia in a future year as well, though. Oh, did he? So they with a stronger song, a stronger song. He hasn't next time you you'll see him. A stronger song, but this one came in second. Yeah. So maybe a win for Russia. Maybe, but I mean, I, I I definitely think it's a much better song that he had the next time, uh, and he looked more sure of himself the next time we see him. Like he's like mm. there, he looks like a boy on stage. Oh, and the next time he's a man. Yeah, he's just so weedy. <laughs> just so weedy. Yeah, there were a few. There were a few acts, actually, I mean, you know, less so about the, you know, appearance of people, but the voice quality. I mean, there were a few that felt pretty shaky to me. Turkey was one. I really liked the song, but I thought the vocals were a little shaky. Russia was a little shaky. Israel was a little pitchy. Um, So, I mean, like, I wondered, actually, if we had some newcomers to Eurovision out of this group or, if you know... But or maybe sometimes sometimes there's always like singing live. You're going to get that, right? But, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, uh, I mean, talking about singing live, I mean, I know you weren't a fan, but the acapella group, one way around uh, the uh, no live instruments rule. Oh, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> um, Got to give them credit for getting their song on time with no backing track. Yeah, I like... I I didn't even think about that, but that's very true. Like, <laughs> you could bring the instruments on stage, but the instruments are your mouth. Yep. I mean, they did bring an instrument. They had a pitch pipe. I uh, Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, did they hit the right note on that? Because it was a little all over the place in the beginning. In the beginning, but they got it together in the end. They got it together. You're right. You're right. Now I'm just being snarky. Yeah. I, I mean, I have got biases towards that song. I love acapella. There's a great band from the UK called The Sons of Pitches. They're an acapella grand band and they're brilliant. Uh, Sarah and I saw them live a few years back. Oh, really? They're really good. What's the, what's the name of the really big acapella group in North oh, America? I know the one you're thinking of. Um, Pentatonix? Pentatonix, that's it. I was like, yes. I know it's something to do with number five. We have um, a Pentatonix version of O Canada that um, was later than my school age, but I see like people on TikTok and stuff who are younger than me, who are like every Canadian when they hear this song. And it's the Pentatonix version of O Canada where they're like, oh, no, because <laughs> it's, it's the version they played in school every morning. Uh, right. So, <laughs> so but I know yeah. like in, in USA, they pledge allegiance to the flag every day. So in Canada, they play O Canada every morning yes we like oh that's so weird that's so weird to yeah me. every morning oh canada and we would like um i mean this was i don't know if they still do but when i was in school yep we would like stand for oh canada every morning that's so weird to me because like <laughs> i mean let's be fair your your national anthem is so much better than ours ours is a dirge is it i don't know i don't know about that i mean it couldn't be worse than god save the queen I like, oh, Canada is, I mean, like, I am a very patriotic Canadian. I love you, Canada. But oh, Canada is is not my favorite of the national anthems, just like as a vibe. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, the Star Spangled Banner, I have to say, like, was catchy. Yeah, I mean, like, some national anthems, like, they're about the country. Ours is just saying, God save the Queen, the Queen, this about the Queen. Center victorious, <laughs> happy and glorious, the queen. It's like, come on, what about us? That's true. I'll yeah, fair enough. It should be God save the queen and also everyone who lives here, except Boris Johnson. Sorry to get political. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the new song we have. We have crafted the new anthem. <laughs> God save the queen and everybody else here except Boris Johnson. That's it. That's a catchy jam right there. The feel good hits of it. Autumn. <laughs> Sing that in the mornings before you start school, <laughs> children. <laughs> right. So we've covered our tops and bottoms and a few sort of honourable mentions. Um, so we get then go to the interval act. Ooh. Uh, so before we go to the interval... We have the hourglass incident. 
Oh, yeah. That was awkward. So awkward. It was so awkward. That and then the um, technical difficulties when Maria Menounos went out, went into the green room. And then oh. her just walking around the green room asking, like, how are you doing? You doing good? How are you doing? Are you excited? <laughs> I'm like, ah, just I am embarrassed for you. It was just yeah. unfortunate. And then I really feel like I don't know the male host's name, so I know that I am really zeroing in on Maria Menounos because I know who she is, but he wasn't good either. The They just didn't have... Uh, Sakis Ruvas. Okay, yeah. So they did, I found they did not have any rapport or connection. Classic they Eurovision. Sort of, right. <laughs> but worst, worst I've seen yet, I think. Um, And then they would like sort of talk over each other and then Maria Menounos would giggle when she didn't know what to do. And every time there was like a lull in conversation, she would just yell it out to the crowd like, are you excited? <laughs> I don't know. But yes, the hourglass uh, moment was, I think, the low point of their hosting duties. I mean, this not their fault because someone built no. that and went, oh yeah, right. that stays nice and level when all the sand's at the bottom. And then didn't think of putting a pin system in it when it was tipped upside down. Terrible. That's not on them. It's on the people no. who built the prop. But just the um, the awkwardness of the moment when they're the ones <laughs> oh. who are uh, guiding us through the incident. It was all cringy. Um, and then after then after that, we go to a remarkably highbrow um interval act uh four thousand years of greek song it i loved it so much i really i enjoyed it i thought that it was like the spectacle of it all it was very theatrical which i really like i mean isn't like greece like the home of theater it's like kind of where it originates i think i mean a lot of things come from greece let's be fair democracy money i'm gonna say yes but i have no actual knowledge of whether or not that's the case but that sounds right to me yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Okay, so the birth of theatre has given us this halftime show, and it was epic. Even the weird giant puppets that were there to haunt your dreams. Oh my god, so I was like, are those people in puppet costumes? But then no, they're holding sticks, so they're actual puppets. But then no, they walked off stage unaided, so they were people. Were they? I believe so, I yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. I think they were holding they were holding a puppet stick that was moving their arm. Yeah. But but then the people who were holding the stick like went one way and the puppets went another way. And so I was like, oh, they were people in suits the whole time. Maybe. Right. Go with me here. OK. Yeah. Yes. Maybe they wished upon a star to be real boys and girls. <gasps> oh, that's what did it. That's what did, <laughs> the blue fairy was in the audience. She heard their she heard their wish. Uh yeah, those puppets are the stuff of nightmares. Um oh, horrible. <laughs> I um so I I have not traveled extensively, so I know I keep talking about the same places I've traveled to over and over, but I have been to Prague and I did not know going in that puppets were such a thing. Every store you go into, it was puppets. Really? And yeah. And they were the most nightmarish like (laughs) they were very traditional puppets i think that like much like the ones that kind of were represented in this you know greek uh like representation so obviously not the same country but like they were bizarre i have so many pictures of just like weird puppets hanging in windows (laughs) that was like my takeaway from Prague is that they like they like puppets and also they don't eat vegetarian food. It's like not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're, we're like marionette puppets like kind of operated from above. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, the weirdest type of puppet. The weirdest of the puppets. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I mean, okay. Shadow we puppets, got some... fine. Yeah. Ventriloquist puppets, totally called me there. That's impressive. Marionette puppets, creepy. So creepy. Uh, but yeah, overall, this halftime show, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Like I say, it fell a bit highbrow. Yeah. Like, we're going to bring some culture to you, you uncultured swines. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. But I mean, like, in, in a really entertaining way. Like, yeah, I thought it was really good. The opening act and the um, 
the halftime act, I thought were both very well done. And as much as I have been giving Greece some grief for the disorganization and technical issues and the hosts, which were not my favorite, these were things that they did very, very well. They were some of my favorite of all the Eurovisions we've seen so far in terms of the um, in terms of the like entertainment that was not the performers. Yeah. So now we go on to the points and the points weirdness. Um, oh god it was so hard to watch it was I'm not gonna lie like I definitely walked away from the TV I like made myself food and stuff it was there were some real cringy moments in this whole thing the first one Slovenia with the guy wearing a Maria marry me t-shirt no what are you doing go have a word with yourself oh no and this was the first year where they didn't actually announce all of the points yeah all the way through right and to make it quicker right exactly that didn't, didn't happen. work no. it was so long it was so long so then we had latvia where their uh, spokesperson said uh hello the most beautiful maria in the world like have you done a survey okay so weird but so nothing weird. nothing compared to uh the uh pr- the um, spokesperson from Denmark who started uh, chatting up the male host, um, whose name I keep forgetting as you do, Sakis. Um, right. Yeah, he said, you know, he said that you remind me of Will and Grace. It's like... Oh, right. Yeah. I remember this. I was like, why? And then he announced all the points, yeah. one through 12 he anyway. He just rushed through was like, well, I'm going to say them all. And and then when he did one through seven... He then offered um, Sakis his phone number. And then Sakis made it even more weird by saying, I bet it's 696969. It's like, what? Mm-mm. This is a family Mm-mm. show? No, thank you. No. No time for that. This is like, this is the risk of live television. Like, you need a host who's able to deal with the unexpected. And this guy threw some unexpected stuff. And it, I mean, he didn't, he did not cope well. <laughs> It was a, uh, yeah, it was a, a choice. Yeah, it was a choice. Um, anything stand out for you for the um, points um, portion of the show? No, nothing in particular, except for the overall secondhand embarrassment that I always get. Um, the unavoidable, I think, lag between when someone is greeted versus when they hear it via I don't know, satellite or whatever it is. Satellite in 2006, I'm sure. I don't know if that's still the case, but in any case, there's always like a lag that makes it awkward. And then when they try to fill the gap that's (laughs) created by the lag, then they talk over each other. And then there's another lag while they wait for, you know, the overtalk to finish. It's just like, (laughs) it's just always unavoidably awkward, even when it goes perfectly smoothly. And the points are not my favorite portion of the show except when there's like a real sort of like nail biter then i find it you know dramatic and fun but it's just long yeah um uh, yeah it wasn't the most exciting points segment uh there was no it was no it was a obviously i knew who was going to win but looking at it, it's like it, it was only a two horse race and then it was yeah le- very clearly leaning towards finland for the win Yes. Yeah. I could tell very early on, even aside from my um, suspicions, which is that they were going to win simply by virtue of the fact that you chose it for a Halloween episode. But um, yeah, it was still very clear very early on that they were the clear front runner. And uh, and so then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go I'm going to go make myself something to eat (laughs) during this points portion. Um, One thing I picked up on was a very vocal audience whenever Greece didn't do very well. So it was a very yeah. Greece-heavy audience, I think. But they were surprisingly quiet when Cyprus gave them 12 points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Normally, there's a pretty big audience reaction from that, but I guess not when you're in Greece. But no. <laughs> I guess it's, I mean, like, obviously, they're rooting for their own country, whatever, but I always find that a little bit tacky. Like, yeah. I mean, I am the person who, um, like... Taking me to live comedy is challenging because I cringe when a joke doesn't land. And so I am the person in the audience that just claps awkwardly. Like I just clap for every joke, even when no one else is clapping because I feel bad. So like, (laughs) I mean, I would be the person in the audience who is like 
clapping for each performance equally, <laughs> even when I have clear favorites, because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, I, f- I always feel bad when people are like booed or when there's a bad audience reaction. Yeah. So the points are announced. We've given the prize to Lordy. We've given some monsters some bunches of flowers. They look pretty with their flowers. Yes. And then we wait for the second trophy to arrive. What was that? And and it was such a long wait. And what an underwhelming trophy. It's like, what, you couldn't find that? You didn't have room for that on a little stand. It's tiny. And now he has to hold two trophies and a bouquet of flowers? Like, you could have just <laughs> given it to him after. Yeah. Um. So 292 points was the highest amount of points awarded to a winner at that time. Wow. So they were breaking more than just the uh, karaoke record. Yes. Way to, way to be, Finland. Yeah. What's the name of the band again? Lordy. Lordy. Yeah. Fronted by Lordy. Mr. Lordy. Lordy. You really well, enjoyed saying um, that. What? Were you really enjoying saying that? Well, sometimes with your accent, are you saying like Lordy yeah. or Lordy? Lordy. Is that with it? L-O-R-D-I. R. I was, I was like, is it an R or a U? Because Lordy, Lordy. <laughs> Lordy. Anyway, that's my Canadian ear um, trying to figure out exactly what what they're called. But I like them. I have decided, Lordy, I like you. Yep. And it was, uh, I think it was something like 46 years that they, Finland had been in the contest without winning. What? Something like that. Yeah. So. Good for you, Finland. They finally Good for got you, their Lordy. long-deserved win. Yes. Well, um, I really liked it. I mean, there were some aspects that made me cringe more than <laughs> more than in other uh, uh, years of Eurovision. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed the like fun 2006 vibe that brought me nostalgia. And it was all kind of bonkers, but in a way I liked. And the good news is that 2006 bonkersness is not quite over. Because... Ooh. We're doing a Halloween special DNQ file episode. Come on. Well, we're not looking at a song from the 2006 semi-final. So I thought, let's just sneak a little bit of a DNQ bonus onto the end of this episode. Chris, you're full of surprises. Yes. So you got into Eurovision through the Eurovision movie based in Iceland. Yes. So let's have a look at the Icelandic entry that failed to qualify through the semi-final. So the song's called Congratulations by Sylvia Knight. So Sylvia Knight is a fictional character. So the woman singing, it's a character she's performing as. Okay. So bear that in mind. Okay. Okay. So let's have a listen. Ooh. Okay. I like this so far. A giant shoe. She's like a Las Vegas showgirl. There's unicorn backup dancers. I don't see a thing wrong with this yet. Of course. I love this. Do you? Yes. <laughs> yes Oof, that's very high pitched. Okay. So we have like a Christmas vibe that's happening with like candy canes and stuff on the stage. But then these guys who have burst through a door, they're in like Mexican wrestling masks. Yes. And she's wearing very like cotton candy pink. She's got like feathers, kind of like a... Marie Antoinette showgirl vibe. It is all over the damn place. <laughs> Who is she saluting? Who is? <laughs> There's questions to be asked about this. What? What was that? Okay. The wrestling masks are off. The unicorns are still singing. This is bonkers. I feel like I, I should have eaten a gummy before watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's stripping. And then pretending she's naked, even though she's not. I don't understand this at all. No. I mean, I'm enjoying myself, though. (laughs) So the candy cane was actually a telephone. She's doing like a weird child voice, which I find really annoying. Oh, yeah. Like, it's absolute craziness. What? (laughs) Okay. Now the Mexican... What? No. I love this so much. (laughs) This is so crazy. Okay, so they ripped off the pants and now they're wearing like little booty shorts. 
And then I don't know what that dance move is called, but like, we need to look that up. Yeah. They're wearing dress shoes. You guys, right now, these guys are wearing fringed jackets with sparkly booty shorts, dress socks, and like business shoes. The crowd don't seem happy. I loved this absolute gong show. Look at them. They're all like laughing in the audience. Like, what was that? Um, okay, well. So you like that then? Okay, I really liked it, but <laughs> in a way where like I get it. I get that it wasn't good. I I don't like it because it was great. I like it because it was bonkers. <laughs> right. So Um, it was nuts. Yeah, and they, I mean, the backing dancers, and I'm being very generous with the term dancers. The they, unicorns? They, they couldn't dance, but yeah, they did that dance move. Yeah, uh, they wanted the uh, wrestling masks. Oh, no, masks. wait, not the unicorns, the wrestling masks. Okay, so I don't know what this dance move is called, but it's the one where you like, you put a hand behind your head and then you grab your ankle and then you like pull your elbow and your knee together like... You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have a quick That's Google. The um, there doesn't seem to be any consensus consensus on the name of it. Um, someone said it was called the Sugar Rush. Someone said uh, in the Chicago area, it's called the, the White Boy. Huh. Um, I've always heard it being called the Gangster Boogie. So who knows? But I think everybody knows that dance move. It's a ridiculous one. Yes. Yeah, and not one that a professional backup dancer would normally do on a stage in front of thousands of people. But I will take it. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. So do you think that should have qualified? I mean, probably not, but I wish (laughs) I were in the audience to have witnessed that live. Like, it, it wasn't good, but I loved it. So, I mean, is this character one that went on to do anything else? Um, not that I'm aware of, no. I think that's the only <laughs> dabble in Eurovision. Uh, so, yeah, she, uh, that character first appeared in 2005 and then dropped off the face of the earth in 2007. She stopped doing that character. Um, well, that is a travesty. Yep. And um, also probably, like, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so Sylvia's personality is highly affected by narcissism, self-centeredness, and she sees herself as the most famous and talented person walking on the planet Earth. Yeah, I got that. I got yeah. that from that performance. Yep. But I think that is a joke that will land for people in Iceland who are aware, where already aware of the character. And for people across Europe, they're probably going to go, you what? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> um, well, I feel enriched just having witnessed this gong show <laughs> and i i enjoyed every single second of it i have a soft spot for the absolute bananas weirdo uh performances um i wouldn't rank them to win but i enjoy <laughs> watching them no so there was also a bit of controversy because you'll notice in the um early in the song she sings uh, the votes are in i'll freaking win um, oh yes she, she, uh, that was not the original lyric. That was the clean up version for Eurovision. However, during the rehearsals, she insisted on singing the actual F word. Ooh. Making a lot of people on edge. Um, and also, she was quite abusive to the floor manager, who she called an effing, uh, if you, um, oh, I don't like using this word, but I'm going to use it in the kind of sense that I am reporting what she said. She called that person an effing retard. <gasps> yes. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, Not um, a good way to behave yourself oh, when you're representing Chris, your country. You've just spoiled it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't love it anymore if I know that she's horrible. Um <laughs> if the character was one, that's one thing. But if she is just like the worst, then it's hard to enjoy in like the fun, lighthearted way that I was enjoying it just 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I'm sorry I've ruined your joy. Well, I mean, you didn't call him the name. So, <laughs> so yeah. shame on Sylvia, whatever. Yes, yeah, Sylvia, whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I enjoyed it while it lasted, and uh, I am happy that you brought this into my life for the three minutes of pure joy that it brought me. Yes, and then the crashing back down to earth, we're finding out she's not the <laughs> nicest of people. Like, oh, she's horrible. Um, yes, so all in all, I'm, you know, like, I'm feeling some some great Eurovision love this week from like the crazy spectacle that Eurovision is and 2006 brought it in spades. Indeed. So next time, as I've told you for our next D&Q files, we're leaning into the Halloweeniness of it all. We're going all spooky. (laughs) So we've we've touched on a bit of spook. So we've had Winnie Pooh. We've had the Superman stars of, of Lordy. We're going full I, Halloween next time for our DNQ I files. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you have in store. And then for our next main episode, we're coming all the way back to modern times. And we're going to look at the 2015 contest in Vienna, Austria. Ooh. So if you remember um, uh, Conchita won with Rise Like a Phoenix in 2014, our first main episode where we focused on one of the actual years of Eurovision. I do. We'll be following uh, that story through to um, Austria hosting. Amazing. I am looking forward to it. I I know that it's probably uh, closed-minded to say to say it, but the more modern Eurovisions are the ones that I tend to enjoy most, I think. So I am really looking forward to this one. Yes. And, uh, and to see Conchita again performing, I assume, as the previous year's winner. So that'll be great. Yep. Okay. Well, then. So there we have it. So next time we'll be looking at 2015 and we hope you join us again for our creepy, spooky, frightful TNQ files next week. Can't wait. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening, guys. No worries. Till next time. Bye. Bye. La 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 la